This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC certified master technician and guru. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, Coach Charlie. How are you doing today? I am doing good today. How has your week been? It has been a good week. All the storms, you know, but it's been a good week. How has the car week been for you? The car week, I'm working on a lot of different things. Really? Uh, you know, I just got finished with a starter in the intake. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Just got finished with that. And we need to understand when we're working on anything old, other things we want to break, mm-hmm. especially if it's wire connectors, anything like that, they get so brittle. And I had to fix a couple wire connectors on it. Right. Had, uh, you know, several different things. But guess what? That vehicle's running and it's gone and somebody else is driving. Right, it. right. Are you always dealing with like a plethora of problems? You go from one car to the next and it's always something different? They're always something different. I have I like a variety of work. And like I say, it's according to what I want to do at that time. Because like I say, I'm pretty selective of what I do. Mm-hmm. And But it, it could be electronics. It could be fuel systems, just like we're talking about today. So it could be several different things. Right. Well, let's get right into that. We are talking about low and high pressure fuel systems. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Now, Coach, here it is. You already know I pulled one up for you. We got the definition. But we're going to get Coach's definition right after. The fuel system is made up of the fuel tank, pump, filter, and injectors, or carburetor, and is responsible for delivering fuel to the engine as needed. Each component must perform flawlessly to achieve expected vehicle performance and reliability. I don't know how close we can get to flawless, but Coach, what's your definition of it? You know, a fuel system, since we're talking about a high and low fuel system, We're really talking about the pump on both systems and how they interact with the vehicle and why the vehicle has to have a high or a low fuel uh, pump on them. Well, the first thing, if we think about, I was thinking about this as I was going, you know, we started with a mechanical fuel pump that was mounted on the engine. Okay. That was a very low pressure fuel pump. That Mm -hmm. was like four to 17 pounds of pressure. Okay. Then we went to one, we installed it in the tank, took it off the engine, put it in the tank, and that was a low fuel pressure, anywhere from 4 to 60 PSI. Okay. And when I say PSI, that's pounds per square inch. Okay. Okay, now we have one in the tank, and we have one on the engine itself, back mounted to the engine. Right. Okay, the one in the uh, tank is still about 60 PSI, but the one on the engine is about 2,000 PSI. So the pressure has went way up. And the reason is, we talked about GDI last week. Those are the type of vehicles that use this high-pressure fuel pump. Okay. 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 And the reason why, because the fuel is being injected in the top of the cylinder, and it has to be, well, if I think about it, it has to be more atomized. That means that the fuel particles have to be smaller. Right, right. So that's why we need a high-pressure system? That's why we need a high-pressure system, because they're putting it on top of the cylinder, and the, the fuel has to be smaller. The uh, atoms have to be smaller. Right. Now, can you—I know you just said this, but can you clarify the difference in that low pressure versus that high pressure? Well, they go on two different uh, systems. If you have a low-pressure system, 
either you was going to use the mechanical one that was on the engine for mm-hmm. our carburetors. We no longer use that one. Now we the other one was the one that you'd put the fuel pump and the filter in the tank. And you always heard somebody, well, my fuel pump's gone out. I got to remove the gas tank. Yeah. Well, that was the delivery system for the fuel system. Okay. And that was for port injection or injectors uh, that were just going into the intake. Okay. Okay. Most cars have that until the modernized GDI. Mm-hmm. Now, since we went to the GDI, most cars are coming up with high pressure where they're going to have two of them. Right. Right. Two high pressure systems. No. one Just low, one and a one high. One low and one high. So they work together. Okay. And on the high system, the fuel pump just acts like a delivery pump. Mm-hmm. All it does is pump fuel up to the fuel rail. Mm-hmm. And now it goes into the uh, high pressure mechanical again. Okay. And that is what increases the fuel pressure. Okay. Okay. That's it's 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 science, Doc. It's it is, science. It now is, I gotta call you Doc. It's exactly science how <laughs> these systems work. Right. Right. That's super science. That is super science. So you got two fuel pumps now. It used to be a one or another. Um, what's your preference? Did you ever drive one that was one or the other before the GDI? Um, most came vehicles, play? most vehicles before GDI were low pressure fuel pumps. Okay. Besides diesels, diesels always had two pumps. They always had a low and a, a high pressure side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And the thing is, I would think that the low fuel pump pressure it would be easier to diagnose because you had so much fuel going up to the rail, and then you had a fuel regulator that would regulate the pressure to the injectors. Now, you got fuel going up to the rail with the low pressure. And now it's regulated through the high pressure. Mm -hmm. Then it goes to the injectors. Right. So now it's a little, you know, a lot of people say, well, my car's not running good or it takes so long to crank my car up Mm -hmm. and it was easier. Mm -hmm. Well, you just change out a fuel pump because the fuel pump itself would, you could park in a parking lot or park in your garage and your vehicle wouldn't crank up Mm -hmm. because the fuel dropped the tank put a new one in there. Right. And I've done that many times. Right, right, you know, right, right. Drop right. the tank, put a new one in there. Now, a lot of people are changing out the delivery pump and not changing out the high pressure pump and their vehicle still don't run. Right. Because it was the high pressure pump, and not the delivery not the pump. the delivery pump. Right. Okay, so you're talking about dropping and, and changing out. How hard is the maintenance? Is this something that we can do on our own or should we take this in? Well, if you're mechanically minded uh, and you have the ability, you can do the one in the tank pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a while. you got to have the tools. Your vehicle has to be up. But I would not recommend that you do a high-pressure uh, fuel pump because it is under such high pressure. If you got, you think about it, a pressure being 2,000 to 2,500 pounds, and you break that line, when I say break the line that you're undoing the, one of the lines, right. and that fuel starts spraying out on you, it could just cut your hand. Eek. You know, so you need to be very careful when you start messing with the yeah. high pressure side. Yeah. You know, I, I think it just reminds me, you know, we have a hybrid vehicle and it has a uh, ice motor and it has a battery motor. One side's high voltage, one side is regular. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know what you're talking about or doing on those vehicles, you get hurt as well. Right. Same thing on the high pressure fuel systems. Right, right. Do not DIY that high pressure fuel system, people. That's right. Make sure you take that into a mechanic. Now, when it comes to the high pressure and the low pressure fuel systems, what are some things that could go bad with either? Well, a low pressure fuel system, all it is is an electric pump down in the uh, fuel tank. 
and all it does it brings the fuel up to the injector system and regulates a regulator and it goes into the vehicle okay controlled by the computer mm -hmm. both of these systems are controlled by the computer mm -hmm. okay if they have a scan tool you need if a check engine light comes on and you're having problems you need to put that scan tool on it right you know scan tool is not going to tell you what is wrong with the vehicle mm -hmm. it may tell you you have a, a fuel cylinder i mean a cylinder that is missing or something it's the technician's job to find out what's wrong with the car right you know, everybody, you know, one time this lady told me, said, well, you got a scan tool. You can just find out what it was. I go, well, it's just not that simple. It's it a magic wand, things. coach. It's a magic wand. <laughs> so, but no, if you think about fuel systems, there's a lot of things that go wrong with a vehicle. The first thing on those type of vehicles, they have relays in them. Once mm -hmm. again, electronics, uh, sensors, computers. Uh, the reason why they even went to injection system is where they could control the fuel more precise, mm -hmm. better fuel economy. Right. You know, carburetor was a gravity fed uh, type apparatus. And then you got a gravity fed. Then you went to one injector in the throttle body. Then you had two injectors in the throttle body. Then they took out the injectors out of the throttle body and put nothing but air would come in and they put the injectors in the intake. And now we have injectors going into the cylinder. Yeah. Something could go bad, coach. <laughs> You have a lot of things that could go bad. And when you start thinking about what could go bad, first of all, with the low pressure, if it's mainly delivery, okay, mm -hmm. getting the fuel up there, that's usually your problem with the delivery mm -hmm. pump. But the high pressure side, it's more pressure mm -hmm. than delivery. Mm -hmm. Because if we can get fuel up there, if the mechanical pump does not work, then you have no fuel pressure. Right. And you had to have high fuel pressure for the GDI. Right, 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 right. So those are one of the things. If you think about lubrication, you know, once the um, high-pressure fuel pump runs off the camshaft mm -hmm. inside the engine, you can't see it. Most people don't know what mm -hmm. I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But it's another shaft that has these lobes all over it. That runs the high-pressure pump. And it just has a stem sticking out that just goes up and down. Okay. Right. And when that stem goes up and down, it's building pressure. And if the camshaft is bad, like I say, if you have internal parts of the engine bad, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. can make the pump go bad. Right. Coach, I mean, guru all day. I think I could just hand you pieces <laughs> of a car and you could you could craft a full automobile for me right there in front of me. <laughs> Listen uh, now, if you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about low and high pressure fuel systems. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on podcast platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here's a recent recall. Volkswagen is recalling 143,000 Atlas, Atlas Cross Sport SUVs for potential airbag fault. This wiring fault may prevent the front passenger airbag from deploying. Effective vehicles include model year 2018 to 2021 Atlas three row and model year 2020 Atlas Cross Sport two row SUVs. The passenger occupant detection system may experience a fault in the wiring and deactivate the front passenger airbag when the seat 
is occupied, increasing the risk of injury or a crash. While the remedy is in development, Volkswagen will send interim letters notifying owners of the risk. May 26, a second letter will be sent once the remedy is available. And in the meantime, owners can call the automaker and, and get more information about that. Again, that's Volkswagen recalling 143,000 Atlas Atlas Crossport SUVs for potential airbag fault. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls, and inputting your VIN, or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about low and high pressure fuel systems. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Coach, we've got a caller on the line. Craig is in Biloxi. He's asking, what's the correct procedure to take when water gets in the tank? Craig, you're on with Coach Charlie. Yeah, that was uh, my question, and uh, I'd like to know if you can use the additives. You know, I am working. I am working on a vehicle that has that problem right now. Uh, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to pump all the fuel. The vehicle's been setting up for a while, and so I'm going to pump all the fuel out of the tank and see how much water's in that tank. Okay, uh, is your carbon sitting up, or is it just got water and got in it somehow? Yeah, it's been sitting up. Plus, in the past, I have had quite a few uh, incidents or several incidents with with uh, water in the fuel. If it's a carburetor engine with a fuel pump, you can just drive it out and it sputters for a while. But I don't know what you do with the new ones. And how do you? How are you pumping it out? Are you using the? Uh, are you using an external pump? You putting the on, on this particular vehicle, I'm going to use a vacuum pump. I'm going to pull the, because it's an older model, it's a 79, and I can get the tube all the way down into the tank, you know, because it don't have that ball down there that uh, to keep the fuel from coming back. So I'm able to put that hose all the way down there, use vacuum, pull the fuel out, and then um, I was able to get the vehicle to turn over, but there was no fuel going up there, and the fuel pump was getting hot. So what I'm going to do is put a new fuel pump on there, and then I can use the fuel pump if there's any other fuel in there to get rest of the fuel out of the tank by disconnecting it from the main line going up to the fuel system. Okay, yeah, and, and with the pressure, I I worked with heavy equipment for a few years, and uh, when the diesel didn't start, the first thing we did was change the fuel filter, and, and more than half of them, it would start right up. Yeah, because that was where you had water up in, you know, those water separator filters in there. And a lot of yeah. times that water would get in there and you could drain the water out. And the main thing with yours, if your vehicle's not been setting up, if anybody's vehicle, you could get, put some of that fuel additive in there to disperse the water. Because the main thing, you got you just got a little bit of water in there, you know. And I think a lot of times gas stations uh, have those uh, tanks in there and water do seep in them sometime. So that's where you get some of your water going into your tank. Yeah, you get condensation too from the hot and cold. And right. you, if you have a gasoline engine, do you, do you have to? And you've had trouble like that. Do you, do you need to change the filter? And how do you know if the, if it is a water problem in there? You know, uh, I'm changing the filter at the same time of this one because, like, say. If the water gets in there and it sets for a while, you know, if it's a still tank, it's going to rust that tank. And the main thing is you want to get that rust out of there because especially on the going up to the uh, injectors, that rust, a small piece of rust will get into the injectors and it will stop them up. So the main thing, put you some type of heat. You know, they got this stuff called heat or some type of water disbursement. 
put it in your tank and drive it and let it go. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I, I hope that helped him. That's that's a problem, but you almost fixed it, Coach. <laughs> you almost fixed it for him. We're going to stay on the line. We've got Patrice in Biloxi. She has got a 2004 Jeep Liberty going dead. Patrice, you are on with Coach Charlie. Thank you, Coach Charlie. Um, yes, so my Jeep Liberty was in my garage in Chicago for 10 months. I did not start it, which I should have. And then I came on my RV trip, and it was working for a little bit. But what happened was, when I would park a little bit on an incline with the nose facing down or even up just a slight, the darn thing would not start. Now, I got it to start because I wasn't going to give up. I brought it to two mechanics. Nobody could figure it out. There was also a little mouse nest in there. I, there were mice in there. But we kind of ruled that out. So now it's working. I suspect it had to do with sitting there. Yeah, the longer you let a vehicle sit, more things are going to go wrong with the vehicle because the vehicle is not made to just sit there. And like you say, those little mice get in there, and for some reason they love wire. They will eat that, and it has some type of little tingly sensation they get, and so they love electrical wires and cars. But the whole thing is, with the vehicle sitting there, you could have had a tarnish buildup from the fuel, and it could have got in those injectors and could have clogged them up a little bit. Because once again, talking about pressures, we had to have pressure to push that fuel to those injectors. Okay, if there was a little tarnish or anything carbon that was on top of those injectors, it would not push it through. And if you put some kind of, you know, as the fuel started going through the engine, it would dissolve that varnish and it would start working. Well, that's exactly what it sounds like happening. So, mm. so going forward, Start the car maybe once a month and let it sit or drive it for 20 minutes? Yeah, just go out there and crank it up. main thing, you're just letting uh, the fuel run through the system, the oil run through the system. That's the main thing you're trying to do. You might really have to drive it because uh, that transmission, all that's not going to seize up on you. It's just mainly get the engine hot, let the uh, coolant get hot, and then just uh, once a month or so, that'd be great. Excellent. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your show. Thank you so much. Well, that helped Patrice out. See, there you go, Coach. You're on a roll. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna keep the roll going for just a second. We're going to hit an email, Coach. We have got a 2003 Ford Focus email. This is coming from Frederick Smallwood with the Z-Tech engine, 150,000 miles, dies frequently at idle. Um, he says she starts right back up, but, when, but will die again unless... I press slightly on the accelerator pedal to increase the idle speed. I've had the car for about four years, and this problem has begun in the last few months. No check engine lights. Where should I look for the problem? And he's in Picayune. The first thing I would do is make sure that the check engine light is working because once the computer notices something wrong with the car, that check engine light will come on because it sounds like if you have to put the accelerator on just a little bit, uh, you're raising the idle, and these vehicles have a, and they're called pins, and what happened, they count uh, a number of counts, and in the throttle body itself, you have a throttle control, it controls that idle. 
Okay. And if it wasn't getting fuel, it would add fuel. If it was uh, getting too much fuel, it would take fuel away. So that's what I would check. Make sure that check engine light's working because a lot of times people say, well, my check engine light don't come on. Well, guess what? You blew the fuse because of your PowerPoint or your cigarette lighter where you put your uh, cell phone has blown and and that is connected straight to your check engine light Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that check engine light's working and then i would go through that direction as a check in the idle itself okay okay well frederick i hope you heard that and i hope it helps in picayune out there so you got the guru on your email today our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org we're talking about low and high pressure fuel systems between your car repair questions what's in the news One foolproof way to successfully negotiate a car price. And guess what? Today is show engineer's Jay White's birthday. I'll tell you more about both of those things next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, ASC certified master technician, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, Hey, you can click the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, one foolproof way to successfully negotiate car price. And today is Jay White's birthday. So, Jay. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness yes yes ma'am happy birthday to you first yes, happy off birthday. thank you thank you how is the day going for you it's good it's great how do you feel one year older um how do you everybody always asks that right i don't know it's it's about the same it feels it's the about same. 24 hours That's different yeah, about 24 hours different <laughs> from yesterday right yeah, yeah. <laughs> well listen jay has that one foolproof way oh my goodness to negotiate a car price and um we're gonna let him tell us jay what is that well it's actually funny it's somebody that works in our radio department that between gigs was a used car salesman okay and that person told me it's look it, it, buying a used car is simple it's one question how much did you pay for this? The dealer themselves. You, you ask the dealer how much they paid for it. And that is starting a video game on the boss at the end. You cut all of the playing and the fun and the games out. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, you know exactly how much they paid for it. You know exactly how much. When you negotiate the price, you're figuring out exactly how much they're going to make. It. You're basically negotiating the salesman's... Commission. Uh, commission, right. That's but it's what you're doing. So do they have to be honest about what... Absolutely. Okay. They, they have to tell you how much they paid for it. Okay. And that's it. I've never used that one. Ain't no... Ha- I mean, you can ask them. I mean, I mean, you could use the sales guy to mm-hmm. get all the information about mm-hmm. the car out of mm-hmm. it that you want mm-hmm. to your advantage. Mm-hmm. But... I never all of the that. fancy things and this going back and going to the other guy's room so they can talk about whether or not. Nah. Yeah, in the little How glass about, room. You yeah. see him talking in the we glass gonna room. We're going to go talk about it and see. And boss, boss said he like your smile and you got a gleam in your eye. <laughs> yeah, nah, cause, nah, cause he ain't, talk, he ain't right. talking about the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've used I've used a couple of my own tricks just to get into the vehicle I want because I always have a tendency to. They're, they, they're trying to sell me on another one that I didn't come in for. Right. But I've never thought about negotiating the price. 
And um, I'm going to tell you, I've taken that advice and I've used it. And there is not a look more than a human has that looks like they've been gutted. Then when you ask a a car salesperson, (laughs) hey, how much you pay for this? That's it. (laughs) Because they know you just warped to the end of the game. That's right. And their whole role in it is out now. Yeah. We just negotiating my commission now. Yeah. Just want to know what that bottom line price is. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I would tell you I have a link to this story in the in the show's description, but I'd have to link you out to Jay's uh (laughs) (laughs) I'm certain there are other ways to do it. Yes. (laughs) Well, there you go, everybody. There is a tip. We're talking about low and high pressure fuel systems. You can email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Right now, we've got Harry on the line in New Albany. He has a 2005 Moreno electronic issue. Harry, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, Coach. How you doing? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing okay. I'm driving in the rain at the moment, but uh, no, my wife speaks on Moreno. I had this set up for a little while. I went to charge the battery up and, you know, and, and then I um, got it to crank it. When I, when I cranked it, the, uh, I noticed that the radio didn't work and the air conditioning, air conditioning heat, you know, ventilation all, it's stuck on one speed low on air conditioning, and it, I can't change it, you know. I don't know what happened. It just doesn't work anymore. So the uh, AC where you t- cut the fan on is just on one speed? Yep, and the radio doesn't work either. It's also blank. Okay. You say the battery was dead when you started? Okay, really, the battery, if the battery was dead when it started, you might want to take and see if there's a code for the radio, because a lot of times yeah. the battery would need, the once the battery goes completely dead, uh, and you had to put a new battery in it, or you had to jump it off because it's dead completely, there's a code in the owner's manual that will cut that radio back on, okay? Well, also, the AC unit, all that doesn't work either, right? You know, the, you know, the controls for the... All of that's together, right? Yeah, all that's together. It's all, it's all one piece in the Murano, yeah. Yeah, okay. So being all one piece, it has to be something with the electronics on that part. What I would do is um, get an owner's manual, look and see exactly why they went off because it was all working before you put a battery in it, right? Yeah. Okay, a lot of times when you put those batteries in it, uh, not saying did you put the battery in it or somebody else put it in? I, I put it in there. No, I, I just recharged the one that was there. Oh, you just I got to replace it now. It's pretty much dead. I might have replaced it, but I, I charged it the one that was already in it. Okay, on that situation there, I would take in, uh, you know, there is a relearn system on that vehicle. Like all new electronic, uh, there is a relearn system. So what I would do is yeah. get in the book, see exactly what the relearn system is. Once the battery has gone completely dead, there is a relearn system in there. Okay. So I would look for that first. Okay. It does not work at all right now. It's a little, you know, it's like, yeah. Like the book's on you know, it died. Okay. Right. Look in the book. See if there's a relearn system in there because there, once you replace a battery or the battery's completely dead, it kills yeah. all the electronics. It kills all the, uh, and then it has to relearn it. I mean, it doesn't work at all. It's just blank, completely blank, like it's like power. Well, did you check the fuse on that uh, particular um, um, circuit? Yeah, the air conditioner fuse, it should have, a, and it may have a delay fuse in there or a relay, a delay relay as well. Okay, I'll look at it. Yeah, check that and let us know. I hope that's all wrong with nothing major. I appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate you. Harry, thank you so much for your call. And thank you, Coach, for always helping everybody out. Again, we're talking about low and high pressure systems. You can email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. You know, now, uh, go on, Coach. I was thinking about something. You know, we have been talking about recalls about airbags lately. Mm-hmm. 
wonder if the manufacturers can come up with a type of airbag. Maybe not even an airbag. They can come up with, you know, that uh, foam that's in a can that when you have a wreck, <laughs> that that foam will just pop out yeah. and, just, and just cover up the whole uh, The cabin. whole vehicle. <laughs> and then you wouldn't get hurt. And there wouldn't of course, be- they got to be looking at that, right? <laughs> Somebody's got to be. I mean, they use that stuff for insulation. For I mean, uh, insulation yeah. and, and foundations yeah. for homes now. Yeah. I was just thinking of that. <laughs> He was like, I got to get this off my brain here. <laughs> this foam yeah. could come out and you just land in the foam. Yeah. You know? Don't use that foundation foam. You'll break it up. <laughs> Don't want that. That's a good idea, Coach. Oh. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's I mean, everything can happen. We could have airbags that just open up on the outside of the vehicle. That's, right. <laughs> That's no. even better. That's right. Just bump around like a slight bumper car hey. or something. <laughs> That's good stuff, Coach. But, Coach, getting back to the low and high-pressure fuel systems, tell me a little bit about a low-pressure fuel tank on a high-pressure system. What all does that entail and what does that mean? You know, if you think of low-pressure and high-system combined together, Mm -hmm. okay, the uh, pump in the tank is your delivery pump. Mm -hmm. It delivers it up to the fuel rail into the, well, really to the high-pressure injection uh, pump. Okay, it delivers it there, and then the computer sort of takes over. The computer is going to let the, the high pressure is going to be built, and then the computer is going to release it so to the injectors, and the injectors are going to release it to the engine mm-hmm. by sensors and actuators. Okay. okay? Uh, a lot of times people say, well, maybe my pump's bad. Well, you need to check those sensors because the sensor could be bad. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a telltale sign how you can tell if your low-pressure pump is. Okay. Uh, what you could do if you're – it doesn't take uh, rocket science to do this. Every, <laughs> For me, it will, Coach. <laughs> no. Every time you cut your key on, you should hear the fuel pump. Wow. Every time. Okay? It just makes a little uh-huh. uh Every time. It'll cut off. Uh-huh. Okay? You could take your cap off your – fuel uh, tank, Mm -hmm. if you don't have a cap, all you got to do is have somebody turn the key and put your ear to the tank where you put the fuel in. And you can hear that pump. Moving. You can hear it making noise. Yeah. If it does not make noise, then you know you have a problem. If it doesn't make noise. Will it still start up if it doesn't make noise? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because that's that's the whole thing. It needs to make the noise because what it's doing, it is priming the system. Right. Because you have a, you got a return system and you have a non-return system Mm -hmm. uh, of the fuel. Mm -hmm. Okay. A return system, the fuel goes up to the uh, rail. It don't use the fuel. It comes back to the tank. A non-return stays up to the rail and the injectors. Right. All the time. Right, right, right. But you should be able to hear that tank make a noise. Okay. Okay. And then if it makes a noise, you know, your fuel pump's working, but that don't mean that the car is going to work. (laughs) And the reason why is because if you got a high pressure system, a lot of people say, well, my pump's working. Well, they just forget about the high pressure pump and they just say, well, they replace the pump in the uh, Mm -hmm. in the tank. And now a tank pump can cost you about up to about a thousand dollars to replace. But a fuel, a high pressure can cost you up to eighteen hundred dollars to replace. replace. So now you got two systems. Yeah. Two different prices on fuel pumps. Yay. That's right. Thanks. Two different things, more money. <laughs> Yay. That excites me so. <laughs> well, thanks for clearing that up, Coach. We're going to head to the phone lines. We have got uh, Tom. Tom in New Albany's on the line. Tom, you are on with Coach Charlie Melton. Hey there, Coach. How you doing? Um, happy birthday, Jay. 
Thank you, sir. I appreciate also, it. Um, <laughs> also, uh, Coach, uh, the movie makers have already thought about the whole expanded phone safety system. If you watch the movie Demolition Man, they wreck the police car and Sylvester Stallone busts out of it. He says, I know what a cannoli feels like. Yeah. That was so he was stuffed. Yeah. He, and um, the, my, the only reason I was calling is um, Jay's story about uh, asking what a car was, what a car was uh, worth or trying to negotiate uh in the year 1964, my dad did something similar. He had a 58 Thunderbird, and he wanted this 62 Bonneville. So he went to the car dealership, and he asked one salesman, what would that be, cash? How much can I buy that car for? And they wrote him a quote. About a week later, he had cleaned up his car neat. He drove in there. He asked him, what will you give me for my car? And they wrote him a quote. He said, okay, I got the balance in cash, and it made the owner of the place so mad. <laughs> because it, it basically cut all commissions out. He says, you'll take that much for this, and I've got this much equity in this car, so here's the balance. Oh, it just it, it burnt the owner pretty well, bad. You, you, you know, now they do not give you a what they're going to give you for your car until they start yeah. negotiating the, pri- negotiate the price for the car. They're not going to give you exactly. how much they're going to give you for your car. Mm. And always, always go to Kelly Blue Book or something and find out what yours is worth as a trade-in, so that you know you're not getting lowballed. Right, and you got those. You got three ways of uh, the prices: wholesale, retail, and then uh, trade. Trade, right? Yeah. And uh, oh, and he even negotiated a, a fresh undercoating on it to boot. So, well, sound like you got a good deal. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I learned to drive in that 62 mm-hmm. Oh, I hear that. Mm-hmm. They don't make them like they used to. They do not. No. Thank hey. you so much. Y'all have yourselves a wonderful weekend. You know, I was thinking about uh, how you could have demolition derby now because, uh-huh. you know, you used to have those cars that made of steel. You could hit them and everything else, and they just keep on bouncing. Now, if you hit one, you crush it, it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, I have, I have to be careful sneezing around some of these new cars. I'll blow body panels off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was say, in a 62 Bonneville, you probably learned to parallel park next to a barn, didn't you? That's right. <laughs> well, it was basically a land yacht. Right. I mean, it was, it was 3,100 pounds of rolling steel, and, and uh, I learned how to back around and, and park perfect parallel parking and everything before I even got into the high schools. Um, it was mandatory for a while to have one semester of driver's ed. So and, you didn't uh, have parking assist on that 62, did you? <laughs> no, and, and, uh, and it came with Armstrong steering <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, fly tires and drums all around on the brakes. That's so, what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's good and stuff. And if you can handle that, you can drive any of these little meat meat mm-hmm. things they make nowadays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, you didn't need a can opener to get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's well, basically that's a junior commercial license now. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks for calling, Tom. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Uh, we're going to stay on the phone lines real quick. We're going to head over to Macomb. We've got TC on the line. He's got a rear. I can't. Why can't I say rear and wheel together? Um, he's got a, <laughs> a rear wheel hub question. <laughs> TC, you are on the line with Coach Charlie. All right, all right. Good morning. I hope you're having a great morning, and thanks for taking my call. 
Coach, I just like to say uh, I've asked this question before a while back uh, about the I'm, I'm stuck at the rear, the rear wheel hub. Uh, why, where uh, the the new one did not match uh, the the old one for the ADS connectors. And you can explain to me how to look at the VIN number to try and figure out where uh, the vehicle was made from. But I, I, I can't remember if you could just explain explain it to me again because I'm still trying to match up that 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 hub. Okay. For, for, when you think about ordering parts, okay, go to the VIN number. It's a 17-digit number, either on the door or the window. You want to get it out really off the dash because you know that it's not been changed. The second digit in that VIN number tells you where it was made, either Japan, America, or Canada. Okay, it's according to what the vehicle is. What kind of vehicle do you have? It's a Toyota Yaris. Okay, so that could have been made in Japan or it could have been made in America. Okay, so you go to that second nut digit, and it'll tell you where it was made. Okay, and it's real important sometimes where it was made because, like I say, Japan and America may have different parts for that particular vehicle. Okay, but you can get on the internet and you look at that 17 digit number, and it'll break it down what each one of those numbers tell you on there. Okay, now I hate to tell you that the auto parts store don't really know what those digits mean because they're not going to look them up for you, okay? Because uh, you could take a picture of your tag and you could take it to the auto parts. That way, they take a picture of your tag and they do have a uh, software that will read that tag and tell you about the vehicle, everything about it. Okay. And they okay. will tell you, they will tell you where it was made. They'll tell you what the vehicle is. And I think I would do that one because let them take a picture of your tag, take it to the auto parts store, and let them look it up by your tag number. Okay, okay, because so the second VIN number is the end, but on the uh, side of the panel door, it says made in France. The yards, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. It's a, according to it could be made wherever uh, Toyota has a plant, mm -hmm. so it will tell you exactly where it may be made. So what I've do, take a picture of the tag. Take it up to the auto parts dealer. Let them look it up through that that way, and then the digits, the last eight digits, the dealership's going to use. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if the last okay. eight digits the dealership's going to use, he can tell you or she can tell you where it was made. Right. Okay, okay, I got it, folks. I got it. And I thank you. Y'all have a great day, and stay safe with you some bad weather. Thank you so right. much. TC, you do too as well. Um, that was a great answer. By the, the way, I looked it up. Uh -huh. The Yaris is made in France and the Czech Republic. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. that's a Toyota is everywhere, so. Yeah. You know, ain't no telling where where your car came from. So that ABS on there may be totally different from what we have here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can also use the talkback feature on our app. You can call Coach Charlie at any time. Whenever your car breaks down and you got a problem, you leave that message on the app. You know what? We'll actually play it on air and get your question answered by Coach Charlie. And it's great. You'll hear yourself, your answer, your question will be answered. Um, it's a great feature. Use that talk to us feature on the app. It's really easy. Go on there and push that button. We're discussing low and high pressure fuel systems and taking your repair questions. You can send an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. If you had told me 10 years ago that I'd be test driving the car I have this week, I never would have believed it. It's the first $100,000 Hyundai built product the 2023 Genesis G90 sedan. 
The G90 is Genesis's upscale luxury sedan. It competes with the S-Class, Mercedes S-Class, and the BMW 7 Series. And it really does look that part. It looks like Bentley could have done the design work, but it's also very streamlined and just very beautiful. Inside, a lot more luxury. You've got heated, ventilated, and massage seats in all four seating positions, a 26-speaker Bang & Olufsen audio system, and all the advanced crash avoidance systems. Just absolutely beautiful inside. Underneath the skin, this one has a 3.5-liter supercharged V6 engine, delivers 409 horsepower, and you still get pretty decent gas mileage at 17 miles per gallon of the city, 24 on the highway. So what is all this going to cost you? Well, the G90 starts at $88,400. This one all in, $100,370. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. Coach, tell me a little bit about the, before you get into your tip of the week, problems with the high-pressure fuel system that we could run into? Well, with the high-pressure fuel system, there are a few problems. You got, like, uh, low low power at the upper speeds. Uh, you could have uh, poor starting or maybe the engine running erratical. You could even have oil dilution. And when I say oil dilution, that means that fuel is going into the oil. So you want to be careful of different things on the vehicle to look for. It's not always just the uh, electrical part. These are the are parts that are coming from that mechanical high-pressure pump. So you want to be careful. Right, right. Know what you're looking for. Okay, okay. Well, what's the tip of the week, Coach? Maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. Because the thing here on this high-pressure fuel pump, it's really maintenance. Okay. Changing your oil on time, checking, making sure everything is done correctly, uh, r putting the correct oil in the vehicle, mm -hmm. maintenance, maintenance, maintenance on high pressure fuel systems. Right. That's the key. I mean, really on any car, maintenance is the big thing. Like you were saying, you were dealing with the car with some old ragged wires. Right. So cars don't last as long as our brains want them to last because we paid so much for them. That's right. <laughs> but we're going to get into our phone right now. We've got Rebecca from Gulfport. Rebecca, you got maybe a minute or two. You're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, this is Rebecca down in Gulfport. Yes, ma'am. What's your question, Rebecca? I know where you got that foam idea. <laughs> Where'd I get Demolition it? Man move, Demolition Man movie. Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock and Wesley Slipe. Sylvester Stallone's driving along, gets in an accident, and the whole entire car fills up with safety foam. Everybody remembers that now, Coach. <laughs> but you know, hey, that would do away he with what a cannoli feels like. Hey, that would do away exactly. with the recalls on airbags. Yep, yep, yep. Y'all have a blessed day. <laughs> Thank you, you too. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> you need an exploding tensioner to fill a car up with foam. <laughs> that is true. We've got to have something to make it go out. Ah. <laughs> yeah, we love that idea. Now they're going to have me go watch Demolition Man. <laughs> you almost have to now, right? Now we have to. Coach, did you ever see the movie? I've never seen the movie. Wow. So I'm about to go watch it. <laughs> I thought I was being original. I mean, you are somewhat <laughs> because it came off the top. So you were, you really that's, were. That's true. <laughs> that's
is good stuff, Coach. So today we've learned so much about high-pressure and low-pressure fuel systems. You've taught us just about all we need to know today. We'll get back to you later, Coach, on that. Yes. Next week we'll be talking about different types of fuels. Right. So that'll be a nice playoff of this this um, this subject here. Yeah, we always think that fuels are just gasoline. Well, we're going to talk about more fuels. Right. You know, old fuels, new fuels, octanes of fuels, so mm-hmm. we'll t- several different things. We'll touch on all those fuels next week. That'll wrap us up for today. Autocorrect. Um, and our crew engineer today is the birthday boy, Jay White. Our call screener was Liz Gill. For Coach Charlie Meltier, I can't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. For Coach Charlie Melton, master technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.